everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, I'm joined in the studio by another Watermark Institute student, Miss Jenna Biddick. Hey, Emma. I'm so glad you're here. Jenna, tell us a little bit about when you came to Watermark and where you're serving. So I moved to Dallas uh, to join the Watermark Institute in August, and I get to serve on the women's equipping team with a focus in women's Bible study. So fun. And where'd you move from? I moved from Corsicana, Texas. Okay. If you've ever heard of Navarro College, that's where I was. Awesome. Well, cool. And today we are in Romans 11. And what do you have to share with us? Yeah. So I guess to start our time, I just want to remind us of a couple of truths as we're coming off of chapter 10. Yeah. Uh, and Paul talks a lot in chapter 10 about, um, hey, I want to charge you, my listeners, uh, to share the gospel with all people. In Romans 10, verse 14, he says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? So there's a heavy emphasis on the gospel being for the Gentiles. But what about God's people? At the end of Romans 10, God says, But of Israel, I say, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. So has God given up on Israel? Paul takes Romans 11 as an opportunity to answer this question. Now, Emma, um, I do want to take a minute to ease any of our listeners. Romans 11 is a tough chapter. So tough. So if you struggled your way through this, you're not alone. No. I mean, if you don't have a complete or general, like, generally adequate understanding of the Old Testament, it's really difficult to understand. And as a refresher or to catch up if that's an area you're lagging in, very quickly, you go to the first book of the Old Testament, Genesis. God creates everything, Genesis 3, Adam and Eve sin, humanity's broken. It's like we talked about back in Romans 5. But God goes after us, right? So back in the Old Testament, he set apart a specific family, the Israelites. They were descendants of Abraham, probably heard about him in Sunday school, to live in such a way that other people would ultimately look at this family and see God through them, through the way they lived, and come to know God. And God's people, the Israelites, they were set apart such that they should lead others to God. And part of being set apart meant living differently, which is why God gave them the law through Moses, another Old Testament story people are generally familiar with. And the law was instructions for living life in light of this new identity, this set-apart identity. But as we read the Old Testament, we see that over and over again, God's people would fail to keep it. In fact, ultimately, they didn't look different. They wanted to look like everybody else. And so when Jesus stepped on the scene, he said, hey, you don't have to be an Israelite or be Jewish to know me and to tell other people about what God is like. The invites open to anyone who'd believe, which had always been God's plan. Like we saw that through Rahab in the Old Testament. But now God's saying, hey, um, this core group of believers who are going to tell other people about me, they don't have to be Jewish and they could be Gentiles, which is really anybody who's not Jewish. And in chapter 11, though, Paul's like, hey, you might be wondering, 
if God's now going to use anybody, regardless of what family they come from, what was the point of God setting Israel apart if they ultimately failed? I mean, doesn't God know everything? If he knew they would fail, why would he choose them? And in this chapter, uh, Paul addresses that. In verse 11, he says, So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means, he says, no. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles so as to make Israel jealous. And Paul's pointing out, hey, God's not kicking the Israelites out. He's saying, hey, now the Gentiles can live in such a way that Israelites are drawn to God, that they'd see truth and see God rightly through Gentiles. That's his hope and his prayer because he loves them. And then he leaves us with hope because he says, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, he's saying, hey, if Israel's failure ultimately resulted in the coming of Christ, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Like, What will it look like when we see God's kingdom restored at the end of the story of the Bible? But if you don't have that context, you're right, Jenna. I mean, it can be so tough to understand this chapter because there's so much Old Testament in it. Right. And even just as an encouragement to anybody listening, there are some amazing truths about God and His character that we get to glean from this passage. And if you're a believer in Jesus, then you have the Holy Spirit inside Mm. of you who leads you into all truth. So now to take what Emma just shared with us and dive in a little bit more, has God given up on Israel? Paul's resounding answer in Romans 11 is No, God has not and he will not abandon his people. Not only does Paul cite himself as an example of this, being a descendant from Israel, he points out 7,000 other men whom God has kept for himself as a remnant. Okay, Jenna, a remnant. We see that word a lot in this chapter. You're in the Institute. Going to put you on the spot. (laughs) What is a remnant? What does that mean? That is a great question. So a remnant is a smaller portion that remains after the main portion has been taken away. So if you want to think like a leftover piece of fabric that doesn't sell. Hmm. Um, and, And like we mentioned earlier with the nation of Israel and not knowing a ton about it, the most important thing that you need to know is that God's people are really bad at being faithful to Him in worship and deed. But time and time again, despite their rebellion and idolatry, God remains faithful to them. So let this put your striving to rest. Even in their unbelief, God's people are special to Him. Nothing has ever gotten in the way of His plan and His desire to rescue His people. And even in the worst times, the story of Scripture shows us that God has always saved a remnant. And this is where we find ourselves. Romans 11:5. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant. Now, if you're like me, you're probably thinking, what did this remnant do to get in good with God? Because whatever it is, I want to make sure that I do that. Yeah. And Paul's answer, again, is a resounding nothing. At the end of verse 5 and into verse 6, he says that they are chosen by grace. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. I love Paul because he truly never got over God's grace. 
Paul was once proud and boasted in his own abilities, but now he rests in God's grace that has been lavished upon him, and he calls us to do the same. Because Paul lives in this reality of it not being about him, not being about his works, he is able to proclaim at the end of chapter 11, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To God be the glory forever. My prayer is that this would be our daily anthem of praise towards our God. That's so good, Jenna. Thanks for sharing. I wish we had more time, but that's all we've got. And I'm so glad we're on this journey together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.